what is a pop-up? Pop-up restaurants, also called supper clubs, are temporary restaurants. These restaurants often operate from a private home, former factory, or similar space during festivals. Eh, kind of, but the question is, why do chefs do pop-ups? Here's the problem. You can cook, you have all these ideas in your head, but either you don't have a restaurant space of your own to serve people food in, or you're working in a space where that kind of food that you're wanting to execute doesn't really fit with the brand. So enter the pop-up, a limited time only experimental exclusive style event that aims to solve these problems, but I'm gonna be real with you, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. What's up folks? My name's Justin Kana, and you folks have sent me some really interesting questions on pop-ups, and so I wanna do a breakdown of a pop-up that Hubert and I did back in November of 2017. So here in Seattle, there's this neighborhood called Pioneer Square. We decided we wanted to do a menu based around that entire neighborhood. The history, some tongue-in-cheek references to what's currently happening or what that neighborhood looks like, and all of this gets wrapped up together and tied with a pretty little bow in this element of the pop-up called the concept. So the concept has to be very clear. The times when we've been wishy-washy about the concept, I've been the least impressed with our food and our execution for the event. It just doesn't seem right. But with this dinner, we had everything down pat. It was very clear. The space we got in touch with was called E. Smith Mercantile. They're a shop slash bar where they serve locally made goods, stuff for your house, plants. And like I said, they have a bar in the back of the space and behind that they actually have a dining room where they partner with chefs to do dinner parties. So I reached out to them, hey I want to do a pop-up with you guys, here's my proposal, well, how much is it going to charge, logistics, scheduling, etc. You guys can figure that out on your own and it's different for every venue. My piece of advice for this part, be as transparent as possible. We make sure to be over communicative, let them know exactly what we'll need, make sure we're not an inconvenience, we're super humble to the fact that we don't have a space, they're doing us a favor. For this particular example, we went with a model that gave them a percentage of total revenue, plus their bar program offered cocktail pairings for our menu and they would keep 100% of those sales from the pairings. And in return, that would give us a bartender and someone to help set up the dining room for us. If you're trying this out and struggling to get a space, try to creatively think of solutions on how you can make it a win for them. That's the easiest way to get a yes. You can guarantee ticket sales if your following is big enough, you have a community that's gonna show up to every single thing that you do. You can bring that to the table right away and promise either a dollar amount or exposure for that venue getting people into their space. Remember, value isn't always cold hard cash. It also doesn't have to be event venues. We've had success in Airbnb spaces as well. Now, we decided on the concept after we decided on the space. Sometimes it goes in reverse. Sometimes you wanna do like a Northern Thai inspired concept in the middle of Tennessee. And then you have to find a space that you can creatively host that style of event in. But for this particular case, we wanted to challenge ourselves to truly create a sense of place, and I think we hit the nail on the head for it. We did our typical menu writing routine. Hubert and I decided which dishes we wanted to either make respectively or collaborate on. We got all of our order lists organized, our equipment requirements organized in Trello. That's the software that we use to make sure we're all on the same page. So we have the space, we have our concept ready to go, we have our execution organized. Now we need people to show up to the event. We operate these dinners as private events. You have to buy a ticket in order to guarantee your seat. I have a simple site 
website through Squarespace. Check out mixprojects.com slash tickets if you want to creep on that. And all of that is to make sure that we're operating within Washington state laws. Asterisk, make sure you do your own research. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. You are asking people to put things into their bodies, so make sure you have all of the health department documentation to make sure you can serve food. Just be smart. Okay, so day of the event comes around. We know exactly how many people we're cooking for. We don't do same day ticket sales. That's just a huge headache. For this particular pop-up that I'm highlighting, we did 17 guests. That was definitely pushing it for the menu that we had planned only because the dining room was separate from the place where we were plating all of the food. If it's kind of a counter style setup, it's a little bit easier to manage because you can interact with the guests. They can talk to you while you're cooking. But with this event, we had no service staff. The bartender was busy making cocktails for the drink pairing, which is also separate from the dining room. So we actually had Shane, who was the videographer for the event, help us run food. Shout out to Shane, he killed it. It was just a necessary workaround, which leads me to my next point that I need to highlight that is very specific to pop-ups, which I refer to as OLR. You guys know about TSD, what is OLR? It stands for Operating with Limited Resources. We struggled so much with our first few pop-up menus because we know what a restaurant feels like, that perfect kitchen environment. But with some of these venues, you can't expect that, so you're literally OLR. It's kind of like SOL, get it? So we'll use plates instead of sheet trays and pre-mix vinaigrettes and portion everything beforehand and streamline all of our pickups. Our events are always one seating, so why would we organize our mise en place to do an entire evening worth of service? It took a few events for us to finally get good at it, but the first step was taking ourselves out of that restaurant mentality that we're so used to for the past eight years. From there, we prep, make sure everything's ready, and then the guests arrive. That's when the magic happens. This event was eight courses plus snacks. It's super intense, adrenaline for like two to three hours. I get to cook and plate and serve and present and do dishes. Of course, tag teaming with Hubert, which is super fun, but it's a lot. It's just the two of us. We will usually have a videographer or a photographer there to just help with content because that's what I love. Some rapid fire tips that I've learned in eight months of doing pop-ups. Tip number one, know your kitchen. We had a dinner where we planned an ice cream dessert and there was no freezer at the venue. Don't make that mistake. There are questions that you never think about when you do pop-ups that you have to keep in mind because remember, you're OLR. Tip number two, start small. I covered this in a podcast episode recently, but it's better to do an event where you lose a little bit of revenue, but you make sure that everyone there had an amazing experience rather than to chase a few extra filled seats and have it go out of your control. Tip number three, make sure you're set up at least an hour before you're planning on having guests arrive. That is a amazing buffer time to make sure that when things will and do go wrong that you have time to fix them. Tip number four, marketing is your biggest asset. It is covered in the movie Chef when they discover Twitter. You don't realize it until you actually have to sell your food, how important it is to tell people why they should come spend money on you instead of the real restaurant down the street. It's incredibly challenging and something that I'm definitely still learning about. It doesn't always have to be social media. We've been covered in Eater and The Stranger here in Seattle. Those have been just as important impactful for us as something like Instagram. Tip number five, have fun. It is incredible pressure. There are so many moving parts with a pop-up, but don't let that pressure take the fun out of it for you. The guests are there because it's exciting. They're there to have a good time and you should be too. I wanna leave you with a really important point and it's one of the reasons why this video wasn't that in-depth and that's the tip to just do you. If you're wanting to pursue executing a pop-up, it can be as simple as the ones that my friend Me Kim does with her donuts at Ray's Donuts, which isn't actually simple at all. I made a video 
video all about how hard it is to execute those pop-ups. But my point being, you can just serve one thing. She's very focused and serve donuts. There's other people that do 17 course pop-ups and there's everything in between. Sometimes we hire a dishwasher. Sometimes we're there for three hours after the dinner, just cleaning up. Sometimes it's in a real restaurant kitchen. My first event that I did was eight people, four courses out of a retail office with an induction burner and a toaster oven. Sometimes things go wrong and you never wanna do a pop-up again and sometimes it's a dream execution and you wanna immediately do another service. Ultimately, your pop-up has to match your ambition. Are you just looking to get your ideas out there to people that aren't just your friends? Do you wanna attract investors to support you in your restaurant dream? Are you wanting to improve your skills in running the show yourself? Hopefully your answers to those questions coupled with the tips that I shared in this video will help make your pop-up a success. If not, maybe I just answered some questions that you have about pop-ups and now you're like, eh, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. I'm personally moving away from pop-ups myself. One, because I'm finding that pop-ups don't match with my ambition, like I mentioned earlier. Two, because I'm reframing the way that I look at pop-ups because I want my ideas to scale more effectively. Don't get me wrong, I love serving multi-course tasting menus, but if the goal is to get my food and my ideas in front of as many people as possible, the form of a 10 to 15 person event doesn't match with how I'm publishing all my other ideas using the internet. So after the event that Hubert and I are gonna execute this coming Monday, I'm switching to content-focused food shoots. I'm still writing full menus. I'm just gonna pick a few dishes from that menu, rent a space for a couple of hours, purchase all the ingredients for it, either hiring a camera guy or going old school DOD where it's just me and a tripod with a camera on it, and then having a few friends come by and taste the food afterwards. This kills two birds with one stone. I get the creative freedom of being able to cook without a traditional dinner service. Plus, I get to share that food with people I care about and already have a relationship with. I always personally regret not getting to know the people that come to the pop-ups for the first time, and it seems very transactional to me, but again, that's why I mentioned you should do you. Maybe we do like a couple of tickets for people that are interested and want to do a tasting of the dishes that we shot that day. I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm excited about an idea like that because I get so much satisfaction from serving people the food and seeing their reaction and getting the feedback. And I feel like doing it that way would also keep me grounded. I've mentioned it before that I don't like food that's made for the camera. I like food that's made for a person. I'm currently in February 2018 at a point where potentially 1,500 of you could see the food that I'm creating. You want to see more DOD episodes, and that's what I should be chasing, not catering towards the small percentage of the market that can afford a $125 tasting menu. Because what that is essentially doing is putting me in a box that's competing with all the other restaurants on the West Coast that are at that same price point. And if we're being honest, they do provide a better experience than we could at our events. And that's because their restaurants are outfitted to do just that. They have teams that are designed to do that. So why would I try and compete with that? This next step is very experimental. I'm going to test it and hopefully it turns into some entertaining videos for you folks and you have a takeaway or two. My name's Justin Kana. Have a good one. That was that was the most people we've done at a pop-up so far. Was it? 17. We haven't done yeah. 17 before. And all the out-of-place stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of allergies, but we crushed it. Yeah, we crushed it. Everything went super, super well.